We're in the Gemara on the bottom of Daf Pehe Amid three lines from the bottom. So in the Mishnah, it said, Rabbi Yehuda Oimer, Im Yesham Tfisis Yad So we're talking about the din of Eid of Chatseris, where many people are living in the same Chatser. And if you have different houses, so Rabbi Yehuda says in the Mishnah that. After all of that, they hung up. Okay, so the, the, the Mishnah says. Sorry about that. The Mishnah says that Rabbi Yehuda holds that if in the other houses that are sharing the Chatzar, there's a Tfisis Yad of the owner. Let's say an owner rents out houses in one courtyard. But he rents out the houses and he has rights to come in. He keeps his own items there. He's, so then they're not going to answer on anyone, on him, to carry in the Chatzar because he has rights to go into their house. So the Gemara says, Heichi Domi Tfisis Yad. What is an example of Tvisis Yad, which is that the owner is able to enter into the house? The example for this is, or Ben Bunyas. Ben Bunyas was an individual that was very rich, and he had a lot of houses in the courtyard, and he rented out, or, 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 or he borrowed for people, they should be able to use the house. But he also had so many of his own items that he left in the house. So therefore, even though they're renting the house, they don't ask it on him to be able to carry in the chatzar. Rigmara says about this Ben Bunyas now. Ben Bunyas, also like the Rebbe. He came in front of Rebbe. Amaluhu, so Rebbe said to the people there when he saw Ben Bunyas, make space for this person that is a rich person, he owns Meyamana. Then another person shows up. Amaluhu, so the people that were there said to Rebbe, Panamakim Leben Masayamana. Make place for this person that is even richer. He deserves more honor than Ben Bunyas. This Ben Bunyas, his father, and his name was Bunyas, he owns a thousand ships on the sea. And he also owns a thousand cities on, on the land. In other words, he's extremely rich, so he deserves more honor than anyone else. So Rabbi said, Rabbi tells Ben Bunyas, when you come to your father, tell him, Don't send him, and he came in front of me dressed so casually in, in such a way that I, I didn't know how rich you are. If, you, if, you, if you're so rich, then uh, you should be dressed properly, that I should know that this is a very rich person, and I'll give him the proper honor that he deserves. Interesting. The Me'iri over here says that you see in this Gemara, what's the Gemara, what's Rebbe trying to point out that a person that's rich should dress in, in clothing that it should be noticeable? A person has to be uh, ostentatious to be, that everyone should notice that he's rich. It's not what he meant. So the Me'iri here has a whole big arichas and he says, when a person has money, instead of investing your money in food and in things that are not uh, valuable at all, Invest in being dressed like a man. She should come dressed even if he came in dressed like in rags or whatever. He came dressed in such a way that he couldn't notice Bukhlal that he is that he's rich. So invested in things that have more value. Not in uh, he brings the Gemara, the famous Gemara that Rabbi Yechelen said, Ma that a person's clothing, give him honor. A person eats, you invest all your money in things that have nothing to it, it doesn't give you anything. But a person should invest in things that have more value. That's what the Gemara is saying here. And the Gemara concludes, Rabbi Machabed Ashirim. We see from this story, it's a famous line in the Gemara, that Rabbi gave the honor to rich people. 
Rabbi Kiva Mechabed Ashirim. Rabbi Kiva also honored rich people. And the reason is, Kedadarish Rabbi Barmari, or Rabbi Rabbi Barmari, the Pasuk says, Yeshev Oilam Lufnei Elikim, the world is settled in front of Hashem. Chesed ve'emes man yitzeruhu. Who is it that keeps kindness and truth? So the Gemara Darshans, what does this Pasuk mean? Eim, say Yeshev Oilam Lufnei Elikim. When does the world settle and the world will exist? Bizman chesed ve'emes man yitzeruhu. When you have the chesed that's being done, and the Gemara, as Rashi says, Darshans the word man as mezaynus. When you do chesed and you give mezaynus to people, you give tzedakah, that's the key of the world. So from Rashi Tzmashma, so the reason why Rabbi and Rabbi Kiva would be Mechavad Ashirim is because the world stands on them. They're the pillars of the world. They're tzedakah that they give, the whole world stands on them. Rabbi Hanan says a little bit differently that he was Mechavad them because of the great Maisim Tavim that they do. Because if the fact that the, their, their world stands upon them means that they're doing so much Maisim Tavim. So he was respecting them, giving them the honor for their Maisim Tavim. But still, this is a famous Gemara. It says, Rabbi Mechabed Ashirim. So even if it's true that Rabbi valued everything that they did, but Mechabed Ashirim, he gave them honor, <laughs> seems to be like he's, he's, giving, he's giving Kavet Ashirim because he wants to get something from them. So what Slashon of Rabbi Mechabed Ashirim, there's a lot of Pshatim of this. If you look here on the side of the Gemara, in the Gilyan Ashas from Rabbi Kiva Eger, he brings a Pshat from the Maharil, which is always quoted by the Ramah, and so on, from the earlier, earlier Paiskim. So the Maril says that Rabbi himself was very rich, and extremely rich actually. And Rabbi wanted uh, to be Mechabed Ashirim because Rabbi wanted that he should also be honored as a rich person. But why? Not because Rabbi wanted to be honored because he was rich, but because Rabbi was such a big Talmud Chachem, and he knew that people are honoring him for his learning Torah. He didn't want to use his greatness of learning Torah to be honored for that purpose. Bring, it brings the Mishnah in Pirkei Yavis, not to be Mishtamash Bekisra Shal Teira. He didn't want to be honored for his Teira, he wanted to be honored for his riches. So therefore he, was, he would honor rich people, so he'll also be honored only for his riches and not for his Teira that he learned. That's the Pshat of the Maril. The Rebbe, in a few places, in letters and Sikhs, speaks about this Gemara, Rabbi Mechabed Ashirim, and the Rebbe would say that if the Abishim makes somebody rich, what does that mean? That means that he has tremendous kaychas. A person that is rich and has more abilities to use and influence and so on means that the Ebishter sees in this person a great potential of huge kaychas that he has. And if so, if therefore, Rebbe is being mechab the fact that this person has tremendous kaychas, tremendous gifts that the Ebishter gave him. That's what the Rebbe, the, the, the Rebbe was mechab in the, these individuals. Okay? <coughs> yeah, this is it. This is the Gemara. Going back to the halacha of Eid of Chatzeris, when you have different houses in one Chatzer, but you have houses that are being rented out, and there's the items of the original owner that are still there in the house. So Rabbi Babachana Omar, Kogoin Yeset Shal Machresha. If you have a Yeset Shal Machresha, which is uh, part of the machine, or whatever you want to call it, that was used then to plow the field, so there's this very expensive piece, so like a sharp piece, like a knife, that's used in this plowing machine. So if you have that item in the house that you rent it out to someone else, so you still have something significant there, and therefore he doesn't asr on you in the chatzah. We'll see right now in the Gemara why he uses this example. Amr Nachman, Tana de Davar anitl If the owner still keeps things that he's allowed to take out in Shabbos, that could be removed in Shabbos, so then Aysa. So then the fact that you rented it out to this person, it will asr on you. Because he has his own place. Ah, you have your items there. This person can throw it out on Shabbos. 
the person renting your house could throw out your stuff on Shabbos. But if it's a davar, but if the owner keeps things there, like this example we just said, yes, it's Shamachresha, is something which is Muktzah. We learned this in Shabbos. It's Muktzah Machmas. It's Muktzah Machmas Chesar and Kiss. It's a very expensive item and it's Muktzah. So if it's something which is Muktzah and you can't take out, then Eina Iser. Even though he's renting from you, it doesn't ask because you have your expensive item there that's not going to be removed in Shabbos. Tanya Nami Yochav, we learned this in Abraisa, Yeshle Tevel. If there's Tevel that you left there, which is fruits that you get Muktzah, or Yeshle Ashoshis, you have a piece of silver or a piece of metal. That's there, which is muktzah. Or anything that's not allowed to be, anything that's muktzah. So then this person's ownership or this person's rental here does not ask on everyone else because the original owner that's living here in this place has his own items there in the Sashos. Because it can be thrown out on Shabbos, so then he's going to become totally independent. Then the owner doesn't have rights uh, and doesn't have anything in there. The Seich throws it out on Shabbos, so then he's separate, independent. That is what I mean, isn't with the food, which makes the... If they eat that food... So that, it, so something has to be left over. It has to be an episode of We had before the halacha, if that has to be a Shirayim, or you go according to the beginning of Shabbos. Uh-huh. Dr. Mishnah. In any house? In any different house that the Mishnah involved in? We're talking about a renter. Here we're talking about a renter, a shoyal or a seicher. Right, right. that's a shoyal or a seicher. And, and, and the original owner leaves something right, in the right. house that belongs to him. Without permission, it seems like. Huh? Without permission. What do you mean without permission? Okay, I don't know if it's without permission. I don't know if it's without permission, but still, if Can it's something. throw it out. Temporarily, maybe temporarily. He'll, so. put it out, he'll, he'll put it outside, maybe then afterwards he'll put it back in. <laughs> we had this Mishnah before. So you have people that are living in a house as in a chotzer. And one of the people in one of the houses left before Shabbos. And he went for, for Shabbos to a different city. Whether it was a guy living in this courtyard, whether it was a yid, even if he's not present there on Shabbos, it doesn't matter. According to Divrei Rab Meir, Rab Meir holds that if you have all these houses in this chotzer, the owner of the house does not be, have to be present in order to asar on everybody else to carry here in this chotzer. Even if he left on Shabbos, it's still asar. Rabbi Yehuda Aimer Rabbi Yudisel, no, ain't no asar. If he's not present, so then he doesn't asar on anybody else because his dwelling does not count. He's not there, he's not present. Rabbi Yaisi Aimer, Rabbi Yaisi says, it makes a difference if it's a yid or a guy. Nachri Aiser, a guy that left before Shabbos, he will ask on everybody else. Yisrael ain't Aiser. If the Yid leaves, then he doesn't. Why not? She'ain derech Yisrael lovay b'Shabbos. A Yid that left before Shabbos, he's not coming back during Shabbos. He's left, he's not coming back. A guy will travel on Shabbos, he'll come back on Shabbos, so therefore it's very likely that the guy will show up on Shabbos, so you have him there, present on Shabbos, so he's going to ask on everyone else. Shemenai Merab Shemen is the most uh, stringent about this. You left your house before Shabbos. And you're going to your daughter that lives in the same city or in the same neighborhood. You're going to your daughter for Shabbos. In the same city. He doesn't ask it on the other people. He already made up his mind that he's leaving for Shabbos and he's not coming back. So therefore, he's not going to ask it on anybody else. So the Mishnah... Mentioned it. The Gemara picks up on one detail of what Rab Shimon said that a person leaves his house before Shabbos and he goes to his daughter. Why dafka to his daughter, not to, not to his son? Very interesting Gemara. First of all, we say halacha k'Rab Shimon. 
be passing like Rav Shemin, Dafke the person went to his daughter and not to his son. Dafke Bitai, but it's talking particularly if a person left to his daughter for Shabbos. If a person left to his son, we don't say this. Why not? The Omri Inchi, there's a saying that people say, Novach Boch Kalbe, if a dog, which is a male, is, gonna, is going to uh, bark at you, all, don't be concerned, you could still enter. Novach Boch Goryaisa, if there's a dog, a female, that barks at you, so then, Puk, get out of there, it's, uh, there's no place for you. This is a mushal, and what this means is, if you're going to your daughter's house for Shabbos, and you get into a fight with your son-in-law, don't worry about it. You don't have to leave, because your daughter, she's the Akeres Abayas, she's the anchor of the home, and you can stay there for Shabbos, everything will be just fine. <clears throat> but if it's your son, and uh, it's, uh, it's uh, your daughter-in-law that uh, you get into a fight with, oh. so then you're going to be leaving for Shabbos. So therefore, in such a case, we're still Chayshish Day, he's going to go back home, and therefore you're going to have to make an aid of Chatzeris. Yeah? You have a boir, a, a pit filled with water that's between two courtyards. So the people of both of these courtyards are not allowed to use this pit that's in the middle to fill with it, fill up water from it on Shabbos. Unless they made a mechitza in this bayer that's tall, ten tfachim. So let's take a look in the picture to see exactly where this bayer is positioned. <coughs> so I'm back in the Gemara, you got pictures if you want to see. This is going to be, this is two chatzedes, side by side to each other. This is picture, tof, tzadik, dalit. Okay? So you have a bayer that's half in one chatzer and half in another chatzer. So you're not allowed to fill this, fill water from this bayer on Shabbos. What's the issue here? What's the problem of using this bayer on Shabbos? So there's actually machloikis. There's two reasons of what the issue could be. One issue is, we had already before, anytime you have two chatzeres that have each one a private use, and then you have an area that has a joint use. If there's an area that has a joint use, they have to make an aid of chatzeres. If they did not make an aid of chatzeres, they can't use this area that has a joint use. So this bayer has water which has a joint use to it. That's one issue. The other issue is, this bayer, half of it is in one chatzer, Half of it is in the other chatzah. So, and the water mixes together. So even if you could use the water which is in your chatzah, but you can't use it because of the water that's in the other guy's chatzah. You can't carry from one chatzah to another chatzah without an aid of chatzahs. So this boy, which is half in one chatzah, half in the other chatzah, you can't carry in it unless you make a wall. And now there's going to be a big argument here, a few different opinions, exactly where that wall has to be made. Bain yeah. milmata. So now this wall has to be weathered down inside the bayr. We'll see soon in the Gemara exactly the definition of momata below. Bein mitoich oignoi. Or it has to be inside the rims of the bayr. Even though it's not down below, but it has to be inside a wall, inside the rims of the bayr. Shem Gamliel says, Beishamai yoimrim, Beishamai say momata. You have to make a wall... And the bottom of this boyer. As I said, we'll see soon exactly what Mumata means. You can wake up you can make a wall above, not at the bottom. Amir Abyhud is actually even more lenient. Any mechitza that you make inside of the boyer will not be will not be any more effective than a wall that you build in your chatzah going above through this boyer, like you see here in this picture. Right? There's a wall that's from the chatzah, 
the wall from the Chatzar itself that goes above the Bayr. So Rabbi Yehuda's opinion is, that wall is good enough. You don't have to build an extra Mechitza inside the Bayr itself. The wall that's above the Bayr, separating the two properties, is good enough. And as we'll see in the Gemara, Rabbi Yehuda is based on the din of good Aches. That because there's a wall on the top, so we consider it's, that it, it, it's, it goes all the way down to the bottom, even though physically it doesn't. That's the Allah of good Aches. That in, that it's as if it goes down to the bottom. Okay, so now the Gemara will explain what the Mishnah meant when it said Mumata, then it said Mumayla. What's the definition of Mumata and what's the definition of Mumayla? Good Aches is only for a certain amount. The what? Good Aches is a certain amount. How many good Aches? No, all the way to the bottom. All the way to the bottom. There are some cases that we don't use good Aches, but over here, Rabbi Yudah holds that we use good Aches. Omar Rabbuna says, Lamata means. Lamata mamish. Lamata means below, literally, meaning you have to make a wall that's right near the or inside, not only inside the boy, has to be inside near the water. So let's so let's let's look at this uh, this uh, picture over here. What can I do? I know we had a technical difficulty, so he's gonna have to listen later. I'm sorry. So so we have over here in picture Tuf Tzadik Hey. See it? Picture top tzad, okay? So you have the example of Lamato Mamish. So there would be three options of where you could put the wall for this boy. Either the wall is above the boy, like the wall of the Chatzar itself, or the wall is inside the boy, but it's not inside, right where the, the level of the water. But Lamato Mamish means you have to put that partition inside the boy. By the water mamish, not inside the bayr, and at the beginning of the bayr, if you would learn lamata, that it just means inside. Lamata means not on top of the bayr, but inside. So inside is not enough, it has to be lamata mamish by, uh, by the water, by the level of the water. Picture tof tzadik hay. There's four pictures here, no? I want second, but Baltan, now with the first picture. That's lamata mamish. Lamaila means lamaila mamish. What does lamaila mean? Above, meaning you might have thought that Lamaila means right above the water. It says, no, it doesn't mean right above <coughs> the water. It means that you can put that partition at the beginning of the bird. Lamaila Mamish, so this is picture Tafsadik Vo. You can put that additional partition at the beginning of the bird. It doesn't have to be on top of the water. And the Gemara clarifies, according to this, according to the Ponis Pshat, According to this, both when it said Lamata and when it said Lamaila, it's talking about putting a partition inside the bird. The only difference is, does it have to be right by the water, or does it, could it be at the beginning of the bird? Yudah has a completely different interpretation. Lamata, you know what Lamata means? Lamata menamayim. You have to put the partition at the, all the way to the bottom, inside the water, to the floor of the bird, where the, where the water is. That's what Lamata means. Lamaila means Lamaila Manamayim. Lamaila means you put it right above the water, which is the Pshat that Rav Huna said for Lamata. You put it right above the water. Okay, so you can see in picture Toft Sadik Zayim, what Lamata means, Lamata Manamayim. You have to put a partition inside the water, all the way to the floor of the boat. And Lamaila, according to Rav Yehuda's Pshat, means right above the water. Okay, those are the, the, the two Pshatim of how we touch the word Lamata and Lamaila. Where are you putting your partition inside the water? So Rav Yehuda held putting the partition like Rav Hune said when he said Lamata Mamish. What did he mean? 
you could put it inside the boil, right above the water. You don't have to put it inside the water. Why did he say that that's not good? The arivi maya, because the water itself is still mixing. If you put the partition above the water, it doesn't help for the water itself. So Rashi and Tesis both explain the point of this partition is to make a hacker to separate, to make a recognition, to separate the two parts of the water for this chatzah and for the other chatzah. So Yehuda held, putting a partition above the water is not effective. So if that's not effective because it's above the water and you don't have a proper heker, if so, if you're putting a partition inside the water, it's also not noticeable. If you look in the picture, you put your partition inside the water. Your partition is submerged inside the water. You don't, you don't, you don't even see the, the partition. So what's the point of here? So he answered him, Did you not hear what he said? He brought in the name of Rabchiyah. You can't have this partition that's submerged in the water. It has to be sticking out at least one tefach. So yes, it has to be in the water, but it also has to be sticking out a tefach. So that creates that noticeable partition between the two parts of the water. So, similarly, he also asked a question regarding the interpretation of Lamaila. That you put a partition above the water. If you would put the partition at the beginning of the pit, and it's not level to the water. So that's not good, because it's not noticeable, that it's not making a noticeable partition for the water. Even if you're putting it deeper inside the pit, but it's still above the water, the water is still mixing and there's no noticeable partition in the water itself. <clears throat> so again, he answered him similarly. Did you not hear what Yaakov Karchino said? Even if you could put it above the water, but it does have to be submerged in the water, at least not submerged, it has to go into the water at least one tefach. So according to Rav Yehuda, they don't have a picture for this, but according to Rav Yehuda, the opinion that says that you have to put the partition inside the water, it has to stick out a tefach. And the opinion that says that it can be right above the water, it has to be in the water at least one tefach to create a proper partition. So in other words, you can't stand rely, you can't stand rely on a partition above the water. Partition has to be, according to both opinions, the partition has to be inside the water. Question is, to what extent? That's the Machlokes of Beishamay and Beisilol. And uh, yeah, okay. Talking about Avayta Ve'Ela, hold on. Rav Yudah, so now Rav Yudah said, "Koyre Arba Materes Bechorbe." If you have a koyre, if you have a cross beam that's four tefachim wide, so if you're under that area, it's going to be matter in the chorva. What are we talking about? So take a look and picture top tzadikes. So here you have a chorva, a broken down house, which has little remnants of some walls and some beams. And on one of the sides, you have a beam, a cross beam, going across from one wall to the other. And the width of this beam is four tefachim. If you're standing right below that beam, there is the halacha of good aches. There's imaginary walls that come down. Just like when you're below a roof. We learned this a few times in Shabbos. When you're below a roof, so it's as if there's walls surrounding you. Even though there's no walls, but there's a pit tikra yayrit besaisim. It's as if you have walls surrounding you. So when you're below this beam that's four tefachim wide, it's like a little roof. And that's enough to consider it to be as if you have imaginary walls coming down and enclosing you inside. That's what Rav Yehuda said. Now, similar to this, So he said that you could apply the same thing also regarding the pit of water that we're talking about. The same thing also if you take 
a plank of wood that's four tefachim wide, and you put it on top of this pit of water, so then it's also going to be mocked by the water. So look and picture a tough kuf. Okay, so over here you have this pit between the two chatseris. Instead of, uh, instead of having a wall on top of it, or instead of having a partition inside of the pit, you just put a plank of wood that's four tefachim wide, and that plank of wood creates a mini uh, roof on top of it in that area, and it's as if you have a mechitza coming down inside the bar. That's what he said. Question is, but Hakaozli Dali Gisa Umaisi. How does these imaginary partition help from this plank of wood that you put on top? But when you're putting in your pail to draw water, your pail doesn't see the imaginary partitions. Your pail is going to go to the other side. So the Gemara's question is: Before we said Rav Yehuda said that we can't use any imaginary partitions. Not only we don't use imaginary partitions, the partition, according to all opinions, has to, to some extent, be inside the water, whether all the way in the water, whether partially in the water. But you have to have a partition in the water itself. So how does Rav Nachman here say that you can use this imaginary partition that comes from this uh, wood on the top? Your pail doesn't see this imaginary partition. So the Gemara says. When you're going to throw in your pail to draw the water, your pail of water is not going to extend that far. It's going to go into the area that's on your side on, uh, of the person that uh, he's throwing the pail in. It's not going to go so far away to the other side of the, uh, of the plank of, uh, of wood that's on the top. So therefore, we're not concerned that your pail will go to the other side. So that's a good partition. Oh, Who cares if the, your pail won't go to the other side? But even under the kaira itself, the water is still mixing. There's no, according to Rabbi Yehuda, you have to have a real mechitza, a physical mechitza that's naked inside the water itself. So how does this imaginary partition before, help from the top? It was always mixing. Before huh? it wasn't a full wall. Before no, also. but it's, at least there's a heket inside the water. At least there's a... I, 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 pointed, out, I pointed out before when we learned the Gemara, and Taisva says this, the first Taisva is in the Pevavam and Aleph. The main point is that there has to be a heker hafrasha b'neyem. Not literally that the water shouldn't mix. It's, it, it, the Mepharshim say, even if you're going to put up an iron wall between them, the water is going to mix. It's very hard to create a partition in a bar that's, that the water shouldn't mix at all. The point is that they have to have a physical heker inside the water that it shouldn't mix. So over here with this plank of wood on the top, you don't have that. That's the Gemara, you're right. Rav Nachman does not follow Rav Yehuda's opinion. That's how Rashi explains the Gemara. When it comes to creating a partition for water, the Chachamim were especially lenient to rely on such a kind of mechitza. We added this a few times. Rav Tavla asked from Rav, When you have a partition that doesn't extend all the way to the ground, a mechitza that you have a full mechitza hanging from a from a roof somewhere, but it's a chorbe. So therefore, to look in picture. Did I have a picture of this? No. Okay, so you have a mechitza that's attached on the top, but at the bottom it doesn't extend all the way to the bottom. So it's a hanging partition. It doesn't extend to the bottom. Could you rely on that? You can't rely on a hanging mechitza that doesn't extend all the way to the bottom. Only by water. Regarding water, people need to use their, need to be able to draw their water to drink on Shabbos. Here, Chacham were extra lenient that you could rely on the din of good aches, and even if you don't have a real mechitza. So, therefore, the maskan of the Gemara is that we don't pass like Rav Yudah. We pass like Rav Hona before, and now like Rav Nachman that says that an imaginary mechitza is good enough that you should be able to draw from this water. Sir, Nachman took Yudah's idea and applied it. 
from a chorba to the tamayim. Right? Of Yehuda held that it's only by a chorba and not by mayim. Correct. Talk to Gemara. Yes, like Rav Huna originally is, that said that the, that the, like Rav Huna is the one that said in picture Tav Tzadik Hay or Tav Tzadik Vav that it does not have to be in the water itself. You don't have to have a partition Either in the water itself. Fine. Either or is fine. And even putting a plank of wood on top is also good. Rav Yudah goes a step further. Rav Yudah says if you have a wall that's on top of the bar from the from the chutzer, that wall is also good enough. Like you have it in picture Tav Tzadik Dalit. The wall on top of the bar is also good. Amar Abba Baba Chana Amar Rabbi Yechanan Rabbi Yehuda B'shitus Rabbi Yesi Amra Rabbi Yehuda that says that you could rely on this wall that's on top of the bar, even though it doesn't go inside. He's following Rabbi Yesi's opinion by Sukkah. The Amar Mechitzet Luyim Ateres Afilu BeYabasha. When you have a hanging mechitzah, in other words, it doesn't extend all the way to the ground on dry land, you could rely on that. Regarding the Mishnah and Sukkah, Tanan Mishnah there says. You're building your wall of the sukkah and you're creating your wall from at the top to the bottom. And your wall doesn't extend all the way to the floor. If your wall is removed from the ground, three tfachim, then psula, then it's going to be possible because it has that op- too much of an opening and a goat could go through, so therefore we don't say love it there. Again, did I miss something? Sorry, if a person has a wall that's going from below to above, in as long as your wall is 10 tfachim high, it's going to be kosher. So yeah, you have a picture over here, picture tof kofalif, you have the wall that extends all the way to the roof of the sukkah, but at the bottom it's open. Okay, that's, that's possible. But in a case where the wall... It has 10 tvachim high, and it doesn't extend to the, all the way to the roof, but on the bottom it's totally closed, then it's going to be kosher. So That's the Tanakhama. Huh? Is kosher? Yes. Is the whole, is yes, yes, yes. That's completely kosher. Rabbi Yaisi saw, uh, where am I over here? Uh, Rabbi says, just like a wall that's extending from uh, below to above, Ten tefachim high, it's going to be kosher. Kachmu ma'ilo lamata, so too from above to below. Asare, as long as you have ten tefachim of a wall, it's going to be kosher, even if the wall does not extend all the way to the bottom. The point is that when it's open on the bottom, you can walk through on the bottom. Okay, you don't have to jump over it. You can walk straight through on the bottom, or a goat can walk through on the bottom. So therefore, the Tanakama holds: if it has an opening on the top, that's okay. But if it has an opening on the bottom, it's not a good wall. Rabbi Yaisi says it doesn't matter. Even if it has an opening on the bottom, there's the imaginary wall, good achis. We consider it to be extended all the way to the bottom. Yeah, so to Gemara, same thing over here, Rabbi Yehuda. Gemara wants to compare the same thing when you have a wall above a pit of water. It's the same thing that Rabbi Yehuda holds that that wall extends all the way down, even without having the physical wall inside the water. Gemara says, but we, no, it's not a comparison. Veloihi. Not necessarily does Rabbi Yehuda agree to Rabbi Yehuda. And not necessarily does Rabbi Yehuda hold like Rabbi Yehuda. Rabbi Yehuda does not hold like Rabbi Yehuda. Rabbi Yehuda may have only said this leniency regarding Erev Chatseris, which was an issue of Isamid Rabbanon. The walls of a sukkah that are required, he never said this. 
On the other hand, we could say that there's a stringency over here regarding Rabbi Chatzeres, and Rabbi Yaisi does not hold like Rabbi Yehuda. At can like Rabbi Yaisi yellow the sukkah in sukkah it's a mitzvah sasei you must eat in the sukkah if you eat outside the sukkah you're being over on a mitzvah sasei in a teira avol shabbos so it's only in a sei. Okay, but the point here is the Gemara is now saying that there's actually a reason to be more lenient with a sukkah because it's only in a sei. Aval Shabbos, when it comes to Shabbos, the Issa Skilahu, the Issa on Shabbos is based on the Issa Skila, so Rashi explains, even though this actual Issa we're talking about, carrying from one Chatzah to another Chatzah, is not an Issa Skila, it's only Issa Midrabana. However, it's based on the Issa Minatayra, the Issa Skila, and Rashi here says, Kol the Tikkun Rabbana, Ken, the Raisa Tikkun, Chachamim established their Gzayr is similar to Minatayra. So if in a case Minatayra, where there's an Issa of carrying, so we would be more mach because it's an Issa Skila, so in this case as well, Chachamim established their Issa with the same stringency as well. So, like, so not necessarily would Rabbi Yaisi apply his leniency in this case of the, the, the bar between the two Chatzayris and Shabbos. He never said this. Now the Gemara brings an incident that happened. If you're going to say regarding this incident, there was a story that happened in Sipaiti that they did rely on a wall, on a partition on Shabbos that did not extend all the way to the ground. And the Gemara will share the story in a second. Now, the reason why it's bringing up Sipaiti is because who was the Rav in the city Sipaiti? Rabbi Yaisi. So if they did rely, if they were lenient with using this wall that did not extend to the bottom, probably they relied on the Rav of the city, which was Rabbi Yaisi. So we see that Rabbi Yaisi said his leniency regarding Sukkah, and they applied it for Shabbos as well. So the Gemara says, minas, according to whom was it done? It actually was not according to Rabbi Yaisi, because uh, it was after Rabbi Yaisi passed away. Ela, it was, Rashi says, Shkvar Nifta Rabbi Yaisi. Ela, Alpi Rabbi Shmuel, Rabbi Yaisi Nasa. This was in, in his son's lifetime. According to Rabbi Shmuel, Rabbi Yaisi, he held that you could apply this leniency to Shabbos. Now, that, what, what, what was the story that happened over there? came, he said, once it happened, he didn't bring the Sefer on Shabbos to the Shul to be able to read in Shabbos. It was all in one Chatzar. We're not talking about a place that we're carrying Menatayra, but it was in a Chatzar, but there was no Erev Chatzaris, and they couldn't carry the Sefer So what did they do? So Lomachar, Parsu Sadna La Mudim, they spread out sheets on, on pillars. They created a partition, but it was a partition that did not all the way get go to the ground. It was a mechitza tluya. And they brought the sefer within those partitions. And they read with the sefer So this was the leniency they relied on these kinds of partitions that don't go all the way to the ground. But the Gemara asks the question, wait a minute. They created these partitions on Shabbos. Is that allowed? Everybody agrees that you can't make an oil ara in Shabbos. Creating partitions on Shabbos is making even a temporary tent on Shabbos is not allowed. So how were they able to make these partitions? So the Gemara corrects the story, you're right. They found these partitions that were there hanging and they were able to use it on Shabbos. And they brought the Sefer and they were able to read with the Sefer like this? No, no, no. Walls. Walls. And the Hanami, it's a big machlaikis about that. Oil Arai. It's a big machlaikis about this oil Arai. From Argamara, Bepashtas, it's mashma that this is oil, that's a wall. And even a wall is an oil Arai. But it's actually machlaikis Rashi and Taisvis. 
Rashi holds that it's only an oil aref, it also has a roof on it, not only a wall. But the point is, why is Agamara bringing up this story over here? That you see over here that they did rely on carrying with this mechitze that was tluya. It didn't extend all the way to the ground. So you apply the leniency that was mentioned by Sukkot, the Shabbos as well, to be able to carry. So the Gemara clarifies not, this wasn't in the lifetime of Rabbi Yaisi. This happened in the lifetime of Rabbi Shmuel, but Rabbi Yaisi. I understood his father 